let's I'm going to go ahead and hit the record button. Okay, recording now. Go ahead and do your Dennis Mel- Mellon promo dealio thing. Hi, I'm uh, uh, Dennis Mellon, author of uh, Be a Bean. Uh, you can find me at be a bean. I'm sorry, that's a screw up. That's I'm okay. Not the author of Be a Bean. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Well, you kind of yeah. are the author of yeah. Be a Bean. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it again. Hang yeah, on. go for it. Hey, uh, hi, I'm uh, Dennis Mellon, author of Takes More Than Heart. And uh, my website is beabean.net. I uh, specialize in uh, uh, executive coaching, speaking, and uh, and uh, and I'm an author. Awesome. Well done, sir. Thank you very much. And you didn't screw up too hard, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hit stop. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Sonia Frontera, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you being here. So you are at soniafrontera.com. Talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business today. Well, I wear a lot of different hats. I know. I'm an attorney. <laughs> yes. And I have a, feel like I have a lot of different heads and they all have migraines. Uh-huh. Um, Ouch. <laughs> Yes. So I, I'm an attorney by trade, but now I'm pivoting towards what I really, really love to do, which is empowering people. Right. I'm an author. I have published a couple of books. And what I really enjoy doing is workshops. So I'm dying for COVID to be over. I'm, right. I'm, I'm lining up my ducks. The moment this is over, I'm moving f- uh, forward with live workshops and retreats. Okay. I'm really super excited about that. That sounds fun. I love workshops. I miss them. I miss getting together with like-minded folks and, you know, just hanging out and, you know, doing the opposite of what people do on the internet, <laughs> you know, getting That's it. right. So like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I got into this really interesting blog called Wait But Why? And uh, he had this very long blog post and comparing like an echo chamber to an idea lab. Okay. In an echo chamber, people are just talking to each other and saying the same things over and over again. Right. It's like talking to your audience. So like, um, you know, and you're not, you know, you're not really interested in learning. You're, you're just interesting in hearing what you want said over and over and over again. Where in an idea lab, you want to like experiment, right? And every idea is awesome until it's not, right? <laughs> like everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but, you know, it's, it's more open and it's about like learning, right? Instead of just saying shit over and over again. <laughs> so yeah, learning I, is good. I want, I want more idea labs in my life and fewer echo chambers. When I see an echo chamber, I just go the other way. I, I don't need to go in there. I've already heard what they said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so this is Room Room Veer. So that means we have to go back in time and talk about Sonia growing up. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? I grew up in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. And that's right. Nice. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very nice and warm. I live close to the beach. Nice. 
Yes. So um, I had a very non-remarkable childhood, kind okay. of uh, um, very sheltered. I was a very candy-ass kid. Candy-ass. Okay. Gotcha. Totally candy-ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it was like a non-remarkable. I, it was the Siblings? Kind of kid. No siblings? I have a brother with whom I didn't get along. Okay. What's oh, the what age? if he listens to this? What's what's the age yes. different? That's okay. He already knows you didn't get along. He was he's aware. We still don't. He was uh, there when you didn't get along, so he's aware. He knows. <laughs> he knows. Yes, he knows. But I'm t- I'm taking it out to the world. I, I don't it's know. Okay. Yes. So yes, I had a sibling. He was two years older. Okay. Me. All right. And yeah. So we. Yeah, my brother was uh, three years older than me, and my sister was six years older than me. Mm, so yeah, I had the classic brother sibling rivalry. It was it was more like he was just you know torturing me. Mm, <laughs> but we got over it though. Do. We got yeah exactly. We got over it. I was the asshole that showed up and broke his toys. I get it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I get yes. it. Uh, you know, and I he was the big big jerk that I had to wear all of his clothes. You know. Oh, that sucks. It's weird though because at some point. Like, I think when I was like 14, 15, when you get to that age where you start thinking about girls in a new and interesting way, right? Then Mm. I started sort of admiring him, right? Right. I was like, wait a minute, girls like him? (laughs) It was like this question mark. It was like, why? He's evil, you know? And then I was like, okay. So I had like two years where I thought everything he did was awesome. Right. It was like a, a whole 180 from you know, like the first right 13 years. So anyway, anyway, growing up is awesome for everybody. And it's always crazy and insane and traumatic. So, OK, so unremarkable. Um, I know you went to college, but let's spend a little bit of time. What was high school like for you? So were you like a cool kid? Were you a nerd? Did you fit into a stereotype? Were you an athletic person? Please. Uh, I was a nerd. All right. <laughs> I was a total nerd. So what sort of nerd? Is there, is there more, is, are there sorts oh, yeah. of nerds? Oh, yeah. So oh. I, I, I guess the classic definition would be super academic would be my guess, but I don't know. What sort of nerd were you? Super academic. Okay, there you go. I, there, there was no band in my school, so I didn't play band. Okay, Does that answer your question. Sure. Okay. Okay. So just really bookwormy nerd. Totally. Okay. Totally. All right. So just you had to get A's, and if you got an A minus, it was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It was devastating. <laughs> you know, oh, wow. it, it's really funny, and and. <laughs> You know, in high school, I wasn't getting hundreds in every exam. But when I was younger, I had to get a hundred. Yes. Or I would be disappointed. Right. And then people you would look at me like, you bitch, you know? Perfection. Yeah. 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 That was, that was not a good thing. No, no. It's, it's weird. I just thought of this the other day. Like when we're young, I, I know I had several examples of things that happen that, like when you're really young that you think will ruin you forever. It's like, oh no, I was perfect until that <laughs> moment. And now I'm ruined forever. Did you go through this? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. But you know, now when it really matters, uh-huh. it, it, it's just great. It's very liberating. I mean, like look at all these people who've been in scandals. It's like Jeffrey Tubin is back on TV. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Who's Jeffrey Tubin? 
He's the. He's I don't the watch the news, who, so I don't. I don't oh know. God, he was the one caught pleasuring himself while he was on TV. Okay. On, on a Zoom wow. call. All right. Yeah. Oh, so he was. Ta- yeah, he was taken off the air, and now okay. he's back. Okay. You know, so it's like so always goes. forgiven now, huh? Yes, Elliot Spitzer, all these people. Okay. You know, it's it's redemption is the thing now. This is this so is how I learn matters. about what's going on in the world. I, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you have me, so you I, get to know through me. I, I have had I've heard of this dude. I didn't know his name, but I've heard about that guy got caught yeah, jerking got off on yeah. Zoom. I didn't want to put it that so way. So I have a yeah. question. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I was he at home or in the office? I guess his own home office. This was the, it's the COVID era. People do okay. everything so at home. I, I, I had heard, somebody else told me a story about, he, that's why he got in trouble because he was in the office office and not at home. So I, I think it would really? be a, a harder case to make that it's a bad thing that he's jerking off at home while he's in a meeting. I he's mean, that's, working. Okay, but so... <laughs> Well, he, he's okay, so he got caught. He he's got at, caught. He's at home, that, though, right? I mean, he's at home, right? Well, so, you're supposed to be working. Well, you can be in, like, how many meetings have you been in where you could say, you know, I could probably be multitasking at this moment, right? I mean, we all do it. Some meetings you actually participate in, and there you don't want to multitask. A lot of them I'm working because I'm only being, I'm required to be at the meeting, but I'm not required to speak. So I, I, I just basically go into the meeting, hit mute, and then I, I'm not saying I'm touching myself. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm working. Ask. I'm working, right? I'm working, right? But if I were to do that and I was at home and I'm still in the meeting and I hang up and I don't turn on my camera, I, I haven't done anything wrong, right? I, I was, I'm just multitasking. I'm just saying. I'm weird like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But if okay. he was in the office, that would be a crime. Right. I'm just trying to say, like, you can't do that in the office. That's that's a criminal act. But at home, you know, it's COVID. There are no rules. Anyway, that that's, that's me. I'm not a lawyer, so I have no clue. <laughs> that's just okay. me thinking out loud. That's all. Anyway, I, the whole situation is hilarious. <laughs> I, I don't think he thought it was hilarious at the time. Well, obviously, if you get caught, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's that. Yeah. It's like seeing there's a commercial, right, where the the camera falls and we see that he's in his underwear. That would be that's like the everybody's nightmare, right? Yeah. Well, actually, there was another guy who was in his like he was just wearing a shirt and tie and he was wearing no pants. Right. Same diff. Yes. Well, that's yeah. not as bad. That, right. Yeah, right. It's right. not as you know? bad. It's like I'm wearing right now. I have like this shirt and pajama pants, but you don't know that until I tell you. Right. Because <laughs> yes. pajama pants are awesome. Anyway, that was an awesome digression. Thank you. Okay. Total, yes, total yes. digression. So, okay. So you're a nerd in high school. Totally. So that tells us a lot about you already in, in our minds. Like that means like you've got the achiever gene, right? You want to uh, achieve a lot, right? I didn't never have that. So that's, I'm just saying like, that's different about you. Right. Is that is, is that a good statement or not? I mean, did you always want to achieve, achieve, achieve? Not not really. I, Interesting. I when it came to school, yes, but I'm not okay. a competitive. I'm not a competitive person. Interesting. Okay. A lot of people are really competitive. Like my brother is competitive and guys tend to be a lot more competitive. Um, but for me, 
I, I always like to compete with myself because I knew deep down that the only person I could compete with was myself. Interesting. You know, if I'm anyone who's better than me at some things, I can't be the best at absolutely everything. And I think that that places on you such terrible pressure. Yes. Right. But I've, I've always thought that I have to give things my best. And it is life just, you know, hit me hard many, many times later on. I, I, came to embrace my inner underachiever and I love her. <laughs> I love her. So instead okay. of being like a type A, I'm now like a type A minus or B plus. Interesting. Okay. And I like it. I think my life is a lot, a lot more relaxed now. But and back I, I then, think I'm like the, the younger version of you, were you like the type A classic overachiever personality that has since changed or were you mm. never that way? No, I have not. Okay. I, I don't consider myself an overachiever, and perhaps I'm deluding myself. You know, I, I think <laughs> I think you're better off asking someone else. That's probably true. Yeah. I mean, like when I think about me, um, like I always, I think like my uh, growing up in the Midwest in the states, sort of like that Protestant work work ethic that's a big mm. deal there, sort of rubs off the your parents and everybody. Right. It's like when you're at work, you're working. Right. You're not screwing around. Right. And I carried that into the military when I was 18 and it got me really far. But it also Mm. got me in trouble because not everybody has that. Not not everybody in the Air Force is from the Midwest. There's everybody's from everywhere. Right. There's people from everywhere. And not everybody has that same level of work ethic. And you bring it in there and you just seem like a dork sometimes. <laughs> it's like, why aren't we working all the time? Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. For the obvious reasons. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, life is fun sometimes. Right. So I, I have definitely chilled out on that work ethic, but I always had it and it's still there. Right. So I don't, I, I still get like, I'm, I guess I'm proud of trying to, be a good worker, if that makes sense. Like not screw around so much. Like it's okay to have fun, but get yes. work done first, right? Like I, yeah, I party hard, work hard, party hard. Exactly. That. that is the Air it's Force balanced. motto. Yeah, yeah. You get the work done and you have fun doing it, and then you have a beer, right? You or whatever you want to drink, right? Oh, you don't drink at work. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Yes, I, I'm a writer. I'm a writer. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I look at the old movies when people had the bottles of brandy at work and, and I'm like, I missed awesome. out. Yeah. Yeah. But now I work from, well, I've been working for, from home for quite some time. Right. And especially when I'm writing and I say, I embrace my inner Hemingway and people go, good. <laughs> and it's like, it goes way over their heads. It's like, I get it. I no. just drink. Yes. Yes. I, I write. Get it. <laughs> you know? And it works. Yes. Yeah. There's a Hemingway certain, got it right. There's a certain level of drunk that just changes you in the right way. And I've noticed this. This it it sort of like chills out the inner critic just enough. Now, obviously, if you're getting shit faced, then it's all just sloppy and gross. So you're you're honing in on that like how much can I drink and still be a little bit productive? Uh, or are you just getting hammered and silly? I don't know. Should oh be. no! When I'm right, are you kidding? I, <laughs> okay. No, I write about very serious subjects in a, right. in a lighthearted way. Okay. No, it's just you know, it's like the stress of having to produce something. Totally. Yeah. I get it. No, usually a lot of times when I'm editing the podcast, I do it like right out of bed. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, like 
life gets in the way and I edit in beer time. So that's how I always have to check those. <laughs> you always should. You never know. Okay. So eventually you take your nerdiness and your academic achiever kind of personality. And how did you decide or when did you decide to, to go to law school? Because that's an interesting question. You skipped college. Those were my best years. Oh, well, let's not skip college then. What, what was college like? That was. The- I love. <laughs> I love college. Okay, college where, did, where did you go to college? Great. Syracuse University. Syracuse. Oh, lovely. Oh, All right. Yeah, it was Talk great about fun. It. it was a. It was a shock coming from Puerto Rico, where the weather is usually eighty-five plus. Right. To a place where you know when when it's fifty degrees, people are out naked on the quad because <laughs> it's so toasty. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. So I grew up in Michigan. So like, you know, okay, you, you get, get your it. first 38 degree weather in, in like April and the sun is out and the snow is melting. You're like, I can take my boots off. Yay. <laughs> yeah, It's a party. It's almost 40. Let's party. Yeah, that's right. People don't understand that elsewhere. But right, yeah. Right. So, you know, weather shock aside, it was, it was really wonderful because I had a lot of freedom. Okay. I mean, being such a sheltered kid over right. protective parents, going to college was very liberating and I had a lot of fun and I worked really hard and I partied really hard. Good. I, I think in retrospect, I worked too hard. Okay. You know, I, I think I'm very academic and, uh, for me, academic achievement was like the, my area where I feel like I need to shine. It's not like I have to be the best at everything. Okay. And, and, uh, so I did well in school, uh, and I had a really good time. It was just such a liberating time in your life when you're for the first time, you get yes. to make your own decisions and, <laughs> and what you do has impact Right. Directly. And you're doing things because you feel like doing them, not because your parents are telling you to or guilting you into it. Right, right, right. Okay. So when you went to college, was your major like pre-law? Like, did you know you were going to be a lawyer? Okay. Gotcha. Hell no. Hell no. (laughs) No, my dad wanted me to be a lawyer. I wanted to be a journalist. Okay. All right. I I wanted to be a journalist. And uh, my dad was not in agreement with that. I always wanted to be a writer. And he's like, I don't pay for bullshit majors. Wow. Okay. Yes. So we negotiated and I agreed to go to business school and journalism school as a double major. Ouch. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So it yeah. was a lot of work, especially a journalism school. Was journalism really, really school demanding. is. Yeah. 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 That's kind of like a high standard kind of School. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was so, so strict that right. each typo would cost you a letter grade. Oh my goodness. That's insane. That was excellence. And I'm glad they did it because wow. the first time I got a C that could have been an A. Right. Because of that a couple was an of awakening. Right. Yes. Because, you know, it was an adjustment wow. from, right. you know, and it was not my, my first language. I was going to a demanding school in my second language. Yes. So, um, it was a tough program, but um, I'm glad I did it. What my dad did, you know, asked me to do. And uh, so law was not in the cards until later. Okay. And how that came about, um, I got married when I was 24. Right. And uh, I was too young and too sure. sheltered. I And uh, so I found out within 24 hours of the wedding that my my husband was a psychologically abusive man. Wow. So, yeah. 24 so hours? 24 hours on the way to the honeymoon. My goodness. How does yeah. that happen? I mean, 
Yeah. Walk us through how that happens. <laughs> oh, mean, that was like awful. I know. But we, like, so we, like before those 24 hours, you thought he was awesome enough to marry. Absolutely. And how long had you been like engaged courting dating? We before. had been together for three years. We had been together three for years. three years. Yes. Wow. We got married. And on the way to the honeymoon, uh, on the airplane to Mexico, he just got in my face and said, everything's going to change from now on. And wow. he started, yeah. He started so where's he from? Uh, he's from a foreign country. You don't want to say. Okay. I don't want to say. Okay. Yeah, a, foreign a foreign country. Okay. Yes. All right. That's okay. Uh, no, I get it. I'm going to respect your his his and her, you and yours, his and the privacy. I'll respect the privacy. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't like to give certain details. That's I, fine. I, I like That's fine. to pr- protect the guilty. I understand. But, <laughs> I understand. So, yes. but the marriage was the switch where he said, "Okay, this is what how it's going to be." Like immediately. Yeah. Those those are the words he said. This is the way it's going to be. Were you there? No, you said them already. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> I just repeated. So, so, sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, it, yeah, he said that everything's going to change. And, yes. and, and he was just very verbally abusive on the plane. It's like, what do you, where do you do from there? You know, where do you go wow. from there? It was, it was very wow. shocking. I was very... Yeah young, naive. My parents would have killed me. You know, I, I, right. I just, I just kept on having my mom's voice in my head. It's like, you should have figured that out before we paid for the wedding. Right. 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 So, um, man. Yeah. So it was, it was very difficult for me. And then I had the job from hell. So it's like, you know, going from charm childhood to like all hell breaking loose when you're in your early twenties. Right. So this um, must have been like after you graduated from college, right? From Syracuse? Yes. Yes. Okay. I graduated when I was 21. So you were dating in college or? Oh, no. No, we met my last semester in college. Okay. Yes. So we did for three years, get married. And then I, I find myself, you know, in a, in a, in a marriage from hell, right. in a job from hell. Mm-hmm. And it's like at 25, I'm like complaining to my dad, my life is at a dead end. I hate my job. And he says again, because he had to rub it in. Right. That's See? what happens when small, smart people go for stupid majors. Wow. Okay. Yikes. And he said, you should have gone to law school. And this time it just. Well, you were, you were sort of like, yeah, a little vulnerable at that moment and, and kind of feeling like. Well, I really screwed the pooch on this, right? I mean, <laughs> right? Uh, I do not torture myself that way. No. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. That's right. <laughs> and to your listeners, do not treat yourselves that way. It's not nice. Well, so how were you feeling? Tell us. I just felt like I, I, I was trapped and okay. I needed a way out. I needed okay. a way out. Right. And when my dad said that, I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe. And, and my job, another thing that I haven't said at any other podcast, this is the first time I say this, Okay. but I also, my job, uh, I was doing HR at the time and I was, I was working, uh, uh, with the international compensation and benefits. And I did all the legwork when people, uh, we were bringing foreign people to work in the U S the visas. Mm. And I, I also got to pay the lawyer's bills and I'm like, I should be the one making the money. <laughs> Yeah. Not this guy. I'm doing right. the work. Right. So um, I said, you know what? Maybe, yes, I should be going to law school. And it was the best thing I ever did for myself because 
I, it put a buffer between me and my husband. I was working full time. Right. I was going to school at night. I didn't get home till 11 o'clock, left home by seven or something like that. Right. So it was, it, it was just like a relief to be away, away from, from him. that. Yeah. yeah take away, away from, from that. Right. And it also gave me a new sense of empowerment. I was going to say. Yeah. Me, yeah. The, the, um, the academic s- stimulation. That and now this is going to be a question. So did you see like graduating with a law degree, passing the bar is sort of like a light at the end of the tunnel, kind of like something pulling you forward as a goal? Yes, I knew it was it would open doors, yeah, many opportunities right. because, because then it's you the kind of degree you can you can do anything you want. You don't even have to practice. Right. And you also like can assume you're going to be able to make, you know, ends meet without him would be something that was that on your mind? Like I can be a little bit more. No. Okay, good. All right, go ahead. I'm, I'm no. guessing. So this is how I, I play. <laughs> I just guess. And, right. But it's an important point that you're bringing up because okay. many people stay in abusive relationships because they depend financially on right. their mates. That's where I was going. And it, right. is, it is a very, very, yes, I'm huge on, on financial empowerment. Sure. But I had a good job. I mean, I okay. went to a good school. I had a good job. It paid well. Uh, I made more money than he did. Mm. And wow. so already. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting. Well, yes. Yes. I was a good student. No, no. I, 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 no. I, so I guess when I when I'm I'm saying these things, I'm like, so I, at, at some point I want to say, like, what what did it take for you to get away? Well, you know, what was the, how did you get out of the marriage, right? How did, what changed in your mind that said, okay, I need to get out of this? That, I know that's a toughie. I get it. (laughs) That's hard. Not really, because um, you see, the reason why people stay in in relationships that are are toxic and unhealthy very often also has to do with feeling disempowered. And, and we, we tend to look at abusive relationships in ways that are unilateral. For instance, um, a lot of, of the programs to help domestic abuse survivors center on financial empowerment, right? Okay. But there is also a huge element of, of personal disempowerment that comes with someone who is just ch- trying constantly to chip away at your self-esteem. Okay. All right. So the financial part was not an aspect of it, but having someone constantly berating me, somebody being psychologically abusive and trying to demean me um, continuously. So um, by going to school, I felt empowered. I felt like I had another community. I was not Mm. just isolated because that's another thing that Ah, happens in abusive relationships, right? right? This is interesting. So what- The abusers try to isolate you, yes. Before you go to school, so the school is almost like a uh, idea lab. The marriage is an uh-huh. echo chamber <laughs> of negativity, <laughs> right? Yes, and constant. You negativity. going to law school is like, oh, that's not the world. That's the relationship, right? You 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 have another perspective that is empowering instead of you know not. 
Exactly. And you have community. And I think one yeah. of the worst things is that when you're in these relationships, you end up losing your community because you are right. just trapped with this person who makes it very difficult for you to be around others. Right. And it was really empowering and knowing I had the options. And of course, I worked with a counselor. And that's one thing that I highly recommend to anyone who's hurting in a relationship, who's trying to make hard decisions. You need to work with a neutral third party who's going to listen to you without judgment. Okay. So I had a really wonderful therapist I worked with early on when I was at, at my most vulnerable. So all these things came together, not necessarily by design. I will okay. admit that. Right. Um, it was by default. It just, you know, instinctively, I just made these different moves that together got me out of that. And it just got to a point where we were traveling once. Uh, we were in the Czech Republic. We were in a subway. It was in, in Vienna. I was, I was traveling and he started berating me in the subway in front of everyone. And I just stopped looking at him, you know, like in the, in the subway in New York city, when there's the lunatic yelling and everybody's yeah. like looking away, I just did that. And I said, what happens behind closed doors does not have to come out in the, in the world. Okay. So I decided at that point I'm done. That was the moment where you, yes. you made that decision. Okay. Amazing. Right. I knew I had to make that decision, but that was the moment. And when I said the time is now, this right, is it. right, right, like, right. You know, wow. That was the bee in the bonnet. <laughs> the proverbial uh, last needle in the whatever, the last shoe drops. Let's get all the cliches in here. But okay, that's the moment where you make the decision. So, how long after that moment did it take you to just end the marriage and get out? I mean, that in and of itself is. You know, that's hard. It's hard. Extra it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. So talk a little bit about ending the marriage and then we'll move on to the next phase. Well, th that part, I mean, like once you feel empowered to make that decision, once you. Right. Everything else what, is just details. It, right. It's like yeah. you just need okay. to get to that point of determination. Yeah, yeah. When you feel empowered enough to carry it out. Because, right. Because. And I know deep down being a divorce lawyer and, and having worked with a lot of different people in similar situations, it is that, that ambivalence that you have, you know, should I, shouldn't I, what if, Right. and you're playing all these different scenarios. And then you get to that point where it's like, I don't care. Right. This is right. the right course and right. I'm pushing ahead regardless, no yes. matter what. Yes. That's the big, I would say that, you know, Vroom Vroom Veer is all about this going from the stuck, you know, that's like Vroom Vroom. So all of the stuff with the abuse and the ambivalence, that's Vroom Vroom. You're, you're kind of like stuck on a, a decision that you haven't made yet. And then the Veer is that moment where you make that decision. And like you said, like it's, I, I have really lame examples <laughs> in my life, but yours is awesome. Because you have oh. that that train moment, right? It's very clear. It's like, there he is again. He's doing that thing. And I'm out here in public now. And this is, has to stop, right? And you just made this. This has to stop, right? I have to get out of this. This is over. At that moment, it was over, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. the rest is details. Yeah, the rest yeah, is details. The rest is details, <laughs> right? you know? That's the key feature. It's like, okay. All right, now I can go and make this the escape plan, right? I'm, okay, I got to move out, and then I got to hire a lawyer, right? Uh, it, it's all details, right? 
Yes. Exactly. Okay. So, all right. So you get out of the marriage and now you're a lawyer. Did that, was that sort of, or were you still in law school? What was the timing there? It was the, the last semester in law school. So I oh, had wow. to, okay. yeah, it was, it was rough, you that know, and, rough. and it's amazing. Wow. But when you get to that point, when you know you're breaking through, it's right. like, it's like a you adrenaline. have this it's new like, energy. <laughs> I know exactly. exactly. It's yes. like psychological it's, adrenaline. Totally. Yes. I've been in that space where you've made a decision and now you have a list of shit to do and you're just like knocking it off. Right? <laughs> it's like, yes. why can't I get shit done like this all the time? Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Because it takes so much energy to like yeah. put it together. Yeah. But you have it within you. And that's what's really my point. That's what I like to teach people. Okay. That you have it all within. Right. You just need to bring it together, believe that you can do it, and right. the way will reveal itself. Right. It's almost like you. the, the hardest part is figuring out what you're not deciding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the awareness part. To yes, me, everything totally. boils yes. down it starts to, to awareness. awareness. Right. Awareness totally. is the pinnacle of everything in life because when you are just going on autopilot mm. and when you're sleepwalking, you can't make change. What are the odds no. that you're no. going to get to where you need to if you're sleepwalking? And there's, yeah. And there's so many different things that go into like just physically, right? Your brain needs so many things to be as aware as it can be, right? So it might be you just decide because you are so damn busy, you decide, uh, uh, I'm not going to have that many drinks tonight. And I, and you go to bed early cause you're just wiped out. And then the next day your brain was like, wow, I'm on like less alcohol and more sleep. <laughs> it could be next as random as that. Yes. <laughs> right. I've had so many of those just like, Oh wait, I'm not hung over. <laughs> My brain works so much better now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I digress. Anyway, so you get the awareness, you get out of the marriage. So, what was the next chapter? You still had to get divorced, obviously. So, let's assume that happened. It uh, probably was a big battle. So, if you want to talk about that, that's fine. Okay. No, not, not a big all. battle. Okay, good. Not at all. No, no. And, and I think if you get to know me, you know that when I'm determined, there's no stopping me. Okay, good. I like that. And I was absolutely resolute in this. And um, and I was an almost lawyer. I divorced myself, actually. Okay. I was almost a lawyer. Right. And, so you uh, knew I, how to do everything. You just couldn't sign the papers kind of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how that works. No, uh, but I had a lawyer friend who gave me, you know, the, the form of papers. All I needed right. to do was just sign them, send them to the court. She told me what to do. I did right. it. Okay. And that was easy. That, that, that took only a few weeks. Oh, awesome. Because there was, yeah. And there was nothing to fight, fight about. And I think that's why, and that's one of the things I like to, to tell people that's, that's part of my message here that, Mm. um, when, when people go through the divorce is it's so much more painful because they're fighting over the money and, and the most important thing. Yes. It's your (laughs) happiness. Right. You deserve to be happiness. And if you're going to be hung up on who gets the house, who gets this, who gets that, or worse, trying to screw the other person over. Right. You can't rebuild your life. Right. Right. Totally. Did you watch that movie uh, with, uh, uh, now I can't remember anybody's name. (laughs) 
Which one? Marriage Story? The Marriage Story. Yes. Wasn't that just so sad? My goodness. Yes, it was. And I I have written But it happens a lot. I mean, that it it plays out that way. You know, it's sad, though. It's like both people are successful and have money. That is sort of like the the scenario that's like the worst because then it's like, okay, this one's got a friend and she's got a lawyer friend and it's like, ah! <laughs> they started out like it, it looked like they might even like maybe divorce but amicably, you know, and but then no. Then the other people get in the other che- people's ears and it just all goes to shit. Um, exactly. And that's really critical because is, yeah. people take sides. Lawyers right. can sometimes instigate people to totally. fight. Right, right. And and it doesn't have to be that way. And people need to know right. that there's alternatives and that there's better ways of doing things. Because right. again, it's all about rebuilding your life. Yeah. It's not about, it's, a, it's almost like people get into this, I want to win the divorce. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy and, it's and you're not you going to win guess who's going to win both lawyers the lawyers <laughs> right their their kids are going to go to college where you, with your kids college fund right because you're going to be broke because you're paying all those yes. hours yes i know yes so and sad. you know and and since we can speak very honestly and roughly in this in this yes. um, podcast yes please my mom had my mom was very colorful in her speech okay and i love she color said, you can't throw shit at others without getting it on your hands. That's true. You're right. So if you're going to be trying to like, you know, create a shit storm for your partner, it's just going to blow back on you. Totally. I mean, how are they going to respond to that? How, how, how can it, there's no, unless they're Jesus, there's no other way to respond to that than throw the shit back. Right? Exactly. <laughs> That's just what humans do. Fighting shit with shit. Exactly. <laughs> it's a shit flinging party. Okay. So, all right. So now you're divorced and eventually you become a lawyer. We know this, right? Mm-hmm. And you get remarried, right? So let's talk about that period of life and get some stories out of that. Well, actually, and it's funny because one of the questions I get all the time is when do you start dating again? How do you put yourself out there again? Right. And for me, my marriage was so oppressive. I had no desire to remarry or date or anything like that. Okay. So I devoted the four following years to have a blast. Good for you. And I didn't date. I had a lot of friends. Right. I started taking on hobbies. I picked up hiking, which was something I always wanted to do. Okay. And I started just pursuing. It gave me a brand new group of friends. Okay. Most of them, we were all single in our early 30s. Okay. And we had such a Sounds like a good group. (laughs) Oh, it was great. It was absolutely awesome. We were always having a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, I traveled a lot. Sounds fun. And uh, and uh, I. What, what I sorts was, of places did you go? Some fun places like hiking trips. Oh, I did the Inca Trail in Peru to Machu wow. Picchu. Wow, that oh was goodness. one of the funnest things. Yeah, that was awesome. You can't hike oh. to Machu Picchu, can you? Yes, you can. You can. Wow. Maybe you yes. can. I don't think I can. <laughs> oh, it, you know, I, I don't know that I could do that now. <laughs> but then you you could. Okay. Yeah, I Is did that then. What, Do they have a train that goes up there or not? 
I even I think now they even have a helicopter. Oh, nice. Okay. I th- yeah. So if you're lazy, you can still get there. But there's yeah. nothing like do- going on that trek. The it hike is really is, wonderful. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, if you just take a helicopter, that's kind of cheating. Exactly. <laughs> it's less fun. Yeah. It's not so much of an adventure as just paying money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mon- so that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. I got to sail the Aegean Sea on a Goulet boat. Wow. Which was <laughs> phenomenal. That wow. was really fun. Yeah, so I traveled a lot. I'm a traveler. I have been since I was I like schooler. the way you say you're a traveler and not a tourist because it sounds like you know the difference. It's like take your time, you know, don't hit all the highlights, that kind of thing. Is that does that resonate with you at all? I mean Ah. I- Oh. I have I have evolved as a traveler. I okay. used to I always enjoyed meeting people and the cultural aspects of right. it. And I always go to the local dives and meet the locals. Good. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's but I about. did have to see I did have to see all the sites. Well, you I know, was obsessive. You don't, yeah, you don't have to skip all the sites, but I mean, like I call my wife like the she's like all she wants. I, I, I love her. I'm keeping her. OK. But, you know, we all have our little pet peeves. Right. So, like, I'm trying to like uh now that we're getting close to not working anymore and just traveling full time at some point real soon. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. That, that I'm looking forward to that. I want, so right now, obviously because we both have jobs, right? Everything is time crunched and we've been that way since forever because that's how it is. You only mm-hmm. have so much time off. Right. So right. she's just kind of obsessive about like every trip and she went to school to be a travel agent. Right. So she's, mm. she's like, just like, okay, we've got an hour here, an hour here, an hour here, an hour here. And I get, I get to the hotel at the end and I'm, yeah, we saw a lot of stuff and I'm just like wiped out. (laughs) I want a sandwich and a beer. I would rather take my time, you know, and just like kind of go a little bit slower. Yes. Let's get the sights in, but let's take our time, do it slow and just, you know, you know, have some wine, (laughs) especially when you're not driving, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Just enjoy it. You know, smell the air, you know, talk to, talk to a local, see if anybody speaks English, you know, whatever, you know, but try to be not the, you know, the guy following the the lady with the flag, you know, it's just like, Oh, I hate that. You <laughs> won't catch me. Oh, I never yeah. did. I'm an, I'm, I'm an independent traveler. Right. Okay. See, my wife was just loves to book those where you follow the flag lady. Right. Oh. So I have to get her off of that spot it'll take some time i'll love her either way it you know it'll be my thing to do it'll be okay (laughs) yeah i but it's worth it i i just love to just i create my own schedules and now actually my husband and i he drives everywhere which is one of the best things about this guy and he doesn't drink so he can drive that's awesome oh like it's perfect my wife doesn't drink but she also doesn't drive so much Mm. so she'll drive She'll drive like if we drive to from Vegas to L.A., we'll pick like an easy piece of freeway and she's OK for like two hours, mm-hmm. which I'm great. That's that's awesome, especially if I'm sleepy. I can take mm. a snooze. I don't nice. have to worry about her crashing as long as she doesn't have to do anything difficult like drive in L.A., <laughs> which yeah, I get I it. Do you know, I, I get it. That's it's really, you know, I've I've done it for so long that it's not a big deal to me. But like, yeah, it drives her nuts. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all good. You know, I uh, I could talk about that forever, but while I was like uh, late 30s, early 40s, I had a lot of pain, like muscle pain, like hip pain, and it made it really hard to drive long distance. 
that was a veer for me. I went to Portland for a thing. I know we're really digressing here, but it's fun. Um, I went to Portland, and it was a, Portland is a great city to walk around in, so I didn't have a rental car, and all I was doing was using trains and walking. Trains, buses, public transportation, and walking. And that's when I realized that there was something desperately wrong because everything in my, the lower half of my body was just always in pain. And I was like, mm. come on, I'm 38. I'm not old. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? Right. So that eventually led me to go to like massage school, clean up my diet. And and it made everything better. I cleaned up all of that pain and it's gone now. And when it comes back, I can fix it. So that, that the moral of the story is, is if you're if you're feeling pain in your body, it, you don't need surgery and you could probably fix it by yourself. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> OK, so to, to bring in a nerd note. OK, please. You're always digressing. So to quote my beloved um, humorist, James Thurber, okay. life is full of interruptions. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting close to the end, as I'm noticing now. Um, so at, do you have a, like a hard quit like at the top of the hour? Do you have another thing, or can you go another few minutes? No, oh, we can talk. Okay. You this can, is fun. I'm can, having a lot of fun. Oh, good. Me too. <laughs> until, until my husband walks through that door and walks through the, you know, to the bathroom. And, and then, then opens up the door and then makes a noise yeah, that yeah, we don't yeah, want to yeah. hear. Yes, yeah, I understand. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> or, or, or just gets the dogs all rattled. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. But we will start wrapping up. But so let's get to the point where you, uh, how did you meet your current husband? We met online. Okay. That's something that's something that's, I can say now because it's it's legit now. It's acceptable. I wouldn't do it yeah. now, but back then when we met, we've been together 22 years. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, we met online and I was looking at the time for a traveling companion. Okay. Because I just love to travel and uh, he seemed to be perfect for that, which he is. We, we travel really well together. Good. And uh, I realized he was a catch and he liked me and it's like, you know, I'm not letting this one go. <laughs> Good for you. So you weren't looking for a romantic situation at that point. You were just looking for somebody to like a friend almost. Right, like a okay. companion. You know, somebody okay. to carry my suitcase and drive you around. And drive, yes. <laughs> you would so you, you would get along with my wife really well. <laughs> Do you like to shop, by the way? <laughs> I'm not that much of a shopper. Uh yeah, she she just like lives to shop. I, I, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm, and but she likes it. It's weird. So she also likes to sell stuff. So uh-huh. now like her thing is she likes to go to LA. Um, and buy used books and then sell them on eBay. And when she gets a sale, it's like the best hit of a, I don't know what sort of brain chemical, but she's really happy. Oh my. <laughs> well, just, I can relate to that. When I okay. sell a book, I get, I get very excited. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's your book. <laughs> but same thing. It's, it's the yes. joy, it's the joy of selling, which is yeah. something I, I don't really share, but I, I, I appreciate it and celebrate it with her, you know? So like Good. I've got the eBay app on my phone and it, it does this little cash register sound Ka-ching! every time she gets a sale and I have to text oh. her another sale. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and she oh, I love excited. that sound. <laughs> I wish I could have that every time I sell a book on Amazon. You could probably <laughs> figure <laughs> that out. 
Cha-ching. <laughs> okay. So you've been married now to current hubby for, what did you say? 22 years? We've been together. We dated for seven years. Remember, good for I was you. not in a rush to get married. Right. Good for you. So yes, yeah. we've been married for 15. Okay. And it sounds like it's working out. Awesome. Yes. We're having a lot of fun <clears throat> traveling okay. the world. So what are you doing? Let's talk a little bit about uh, SoniaFrontera.com and uh, talk about like your books and what you're doing now. I know you're still a lawyer. You're still practicing as a lawyer, but you're pivoting, veering maybe, um, veering. veering maybe to a new gig. And you, what, what do you want to do now? So let's talk about that. Yes, I, I do have a lot of different things I'm doing. Right. So I was working as, as a litigator for a long time, and then I became e ill. That was another veer for me. I got okay. migraines, uh, daily migraines. Yeah, I was disabled for a full year, solid Oof. migraines. Yeah. Um, so Those are I hard. Decided, They're very tricky. So, yeah, you oh, feel awful. lucky that, that it only took you a year. My wife is still, you know, it's like, yes, I get it. I'm just trying to. Sympathize. <laughs> yeah, so, I still yeah. get them. Yeah, I still get them. Right. Um, you know, three it's or like four times a to, month. You have to figure out your triggers and all that. And right. Yes. Yes, but it, it made me have to to give up the kind of law I was practicing at the time. And someone suggested I I practice collaborative divorce. And oh, uh, so I opened my own firm. Yes, I opened my own firm. And being the best boss I ever had, I gave myself the freedom to write a book. I was inspired to write um, my first book, Solve the Divorce Dilemma. Do you keep your husband or do you post him on Craigslist? <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> it's a great title. It's a great book. Yes. Yes. And I was inspired to write it because I... Um, I went to a retreat for women regarding forgiveness and a lot of women were hurting in their marriages or past divorces. And I knew that my story, my experience personally and professionally could help people who were in that situation where they're trying to decide whether to stay together or divorce and how to get, how to empower yourself to carry out the decision and move forward in freedom. So right. that was the first book. And the guys were reading my book. The guys. And complaining. Okay. The guys were reading and complaining that this book is biased. I'm like, what do you expect? It's for women. <laughs> so I decided, I mean, really. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I decided to be fair to the guys. And I decided to write a gender neutral book because there was an interest, obviously, that I was told by the publishing industry that no, guys don't like those things, but they do and they need it. So I published Relationship Solutions, Effective Strategies to Heal Your Heart and Create the Happiness You Deserve. Okay. And, um, that is, it's the, the book runs the full spectrum of relationship issue from issues from being unhappily married through, right. um, making the decision, carrying out the divorce and moving forward. Right. And, um, I, what I really like as much as I love writing, I really like to meet people personally and, and, and do workshops because it's so much more fun. I mean, like person to person, um, it is so much more powerful, especially right. in groups. Yes. You know, when people get, we're mirrors of one another when we can. There's some sort um, of magic chemistry too, when you get a room full of people trying to work on each so I'm there working on my stuff right but what happens when you get those groups together is you start working on other people's stuff it's like oh yeah I went through that and this is what I did and that ends up helping other people so it's like it's like you're connecting other brains together and you get more brain power 
<laughs> yes, it's no, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Totally. You see yourself in others and you also right. feel less isolated. Right. Because we all think all these tragedies that are going on in it's our lives. It's all personal and it no. only happens to me. Yes. Exactly. You're right. so special. You know, right, you're right. the only person who's hurting when right, you see right. that. Other people have gone, not only they have gone through that right. and you feel less alone, you see that there's a way out because somebody right. else has done it. So it's also encouraging. So I think bringing people together, and I, I really hate the Zoom thing where you yeah. know we're just looking at screens. I can't wait for us to get together in the room because totally. it is so powerful and it's transformative. And that's what I want to be doing more of. I think the pandemic, if nothing else, the, the one of the big silver linings will inoculate us to not like being on Zoom and things like that, right? It will really, really appreciate being able to see each other <laughs> and not just see, yes. but, you know, like hug, <laughs> yes. actually be in the same space, you know, and yes. yeah, right. It's a big difference. It's huge. Yes. Just the other, yeah, yesterday was the first time I saw my coworkers, all of them all at once in two years, more than two years. How did that years. feel? It was amazing. I couldn't, I didn't want to leave, but I was on work hours. So I, you know, I, my lunch two hours was up, so I had mm. to go, but it was, I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to hang out and, you know, stay for hours and hours and hours. It, we, you know, we're social animals, you know, we need, uh, you know, contact, you know, with, Humans. <laughs> yes. So good for you. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So, you know, if you ever get a chance, look at Vegas because Vegas is a really good spot for doing workshops. And you don't necessarily need to be on the strip. You, I'm just saying, infrastructure wise, you know, you got lots of hotels, lots of meeting rooms all over. Right. So I had a, a buddy. And uh, I met a whole group and he had all of his workshops in Vegas. Now, you may, really? may not want to do them on the strip or downtown. You know, you don't have to. doesn't seem like the right vibe. <laughs> you know, mm. it doesn't feel retreaty to me. But, you know, you could there's like a big hotel by Red Rock. So you could you would have a hiking opportunity. Not nice. that far away. Right. Just some ideas, you know. <laughs> yes, I, th I think, you know what? Doing doing retreats in nature is very powerful. Totally, yes. Yeah, that, I mean, those are, like, if you can set up a retreat that includes a campfire that, you know, stays pretty much hot all the time, that would be perfect for me. So I can go out there and just start poking a stick into a fire and then have a chat about life, the universe, and everything, uh, that would be my happy place. <laughs> I would well, never... Well, that sounds like Vegas in August. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a campfire in Vegas. I, I, I kind of need to leave. To get... <laughs> no, I bet if you get a marshmallow, put it on a stick, and just, like, stand That's there true. in August. That's true. I went... I had a conference in Vegas. I thought I was going to die. Yeah, don't it come in, in the summertime. In June, it's like, <laughs> who the hell decided to have this here? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to come to Vegas, make it like, uh, I guess December. maybe. Maybe. Maybe like fall or spring. and Not summer. Right. Fall or spring. Not winter either. Winter's kind of cold. I mean, really? it, it depends on where you're coming from, obviously. But it, winter's mild, but still not. It's not like you're t-shirts and shorts you know mm. like this morning it was 33 degrees you know so oh that's cold that's cold <laughs> that's cold well thank you so much sonia for hanging out with me for about an hour so people can get in touch with you at soniafrontera.com am i saying that all right 
You said it right. So All right. you can reach me there uh, and connect with me on social media. Perfect. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.